What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. This is the recap of day one of track cycling at the Olympic Games with Johnny Whale and Joanne Roshwashrand. And yeah, it's an epic episode. We sit down with Joe, who is a two-time Olympian in the women's team pursuit. We sit down with Johnny Whale, who was part of the, I would say famous, but some would say infamous hoop wop bike. And we even chat about some of the dorky hoop wop bike stuff that might be implemented with the Danish team. And uh, as far as the shin covers and all this other craziness. So anyways, Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Spot. Guys, the world is starting to open up with everybody doing their part and getting vaccinated, which also means that more people are out there doing those adventures that you love to do as well, which also leaves more room for accidents. So if you're not covered by Spot, I don't know what you're doing. Spot is a zero deductible accident injury insurance that covers active people. So that means if you go out on a hike and uh, you trip and you fall and you dislocate your knee or break your collarbone or whatever, you would be covered up to $20,000, no deductible. That means you will pay nothing out of pocket. So toppling that on top of your injury insurance or your uh, health insurance, you're pretty much covered. You won't pay anything out of pocket. So all you need to do is go to croom.getspot.com that's croom.getspot.com today to check it out they don't only just cover cycling they cover just about anything if you cut your finger off in the kitchen covered if you get trampled by your dog covered i don't know i'm just naming random things it's accident insurance so go check them out at croom.getspot.com that's croom.getspot.com there's also a link in the description below this episode is also brought to you by Colorado Ski Shop. Colorado Ski Shop is a family business that started in 1994 and has 20 plus years of online shopping experience. Colorado Ski Shop is built of skiers, cyclists, and everything in between. They want to get you set on the right gear for your adventures. And as we all know, it's been super hard to get bike parts, so all you need to do is go to coloradoskishop.com and check out their lineup of bike accessories, ski accessories, and much more. Also, they've just launched a brand new website, and in celebrating that, they're offering all new and returning customers 10% off their next purchase with using promo code COFFEECHAT10 at checkout. This will also get you free shipping in the U.S. as well as a free binding mount if you buy their ski package. So check them out at coloradoskishop.com. That's coloradoskishop.com. Use code COFFEECHAT10 at checkout. The link will also be in the description below. This episode is also made possible by Twisted Spoke Apothecary. Guys, if you haven't already, you need to check out Twisted Spoke Apothecary. They make some of the best CBD oil that I've ever used, and they've recently come out with the nighttime tincture, which uh, does its job. It literally puts you right to sleep, and you have some of the best sleep and recovery for the next day. And uh, yeah, they also have this chamois cream that's infused with a little bit of CBD oil, which helps me ride for the longest amount of times. I even used it in this week's unbound gravel and uh yeah it was it, it was perfect it's exactly what i needed so all you have to do is go to twistedspokeapothecary.com use code croom10 at checkout to get 10 percent off your order that's croom10 at twistedspokeapothecary.com what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats i'm sitting here with johnny and joe and we're sitting down chatting about team pursuit team sprint and uh all things about day one of uh the olympics here at tokyo 2021 and we were i was actually talking about this in the in the pub last night of 
you know, because all the marketing is uh, Tokyo 2020. Uh, I don't know what to call it right now. So I think I'm, I'm just going to stick to 2021. And if I was there, I would, if I got the crazy cool tattoo, I would just get 2021. But uh, anyways, guys, how you doing? I'm loving life, John. This yeah. morning was probably one of the greatest mornings of my life. I loved it. The, the greatest morning of your life. Joe, how about yourself? Uh, I'm not going to go quite as far as greatest morning of my life. I mean, that's a big statement, Johnny. That that is a very big statement. Uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I I'm love I love having a really good geeky team pursuit chat here because this is so what I'm here for. Absolutely yeah, we love it. we spent the front thirty minutes of this podcast unrecorded, just nerding out over graphs that Johnny created. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just going to go ahead and throw it over to Johnny and see where we can get started. Um. Yeah. Like so much to talk about like this is supposed to be like when we'd like done the rough plan for how much we were going to record it was gonna be like yeah well, we don't want to do more than 60 minutes because no one's gonna listen but like we, we literally have 60 minutes to talk about each ride like yeah. so so unpredictable like i mean especially like the we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about it, the team suit at the end but like briefly like my prediction especially for the women like out the window like we said at the step we said in the introduction show that it was going to be open we have no idea what's going to happen but I don't think any of us thought it was going to be as wild as it actually was. Well, you called you called Germany. Yeah, you, but you, you, you I, I could have called. Have I also called ride. everyone, didn't I? If you, if you listen, yeah, to yeah. No, <laughs> I remember you mentioning Germany because they were quickest at Worlds, which was obviously a year and a half ago now, which seems a very long time ago pre-COVID. But they are like, they were they were coming good. They were sort of on. I hate the word trajectory, but they were sort of like getting better, weren't they? So they, yeah, that was a good call. Yeah, they well, they um they messed up their qualifying at Worlds, didn't they? But then they had the fastest mm. ride in the round. In the next round, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean they, they they got that right. Um, they've completely changed their strategy. It's some fun stuff they've done there, um, which is new. But I think they are for the women. They're the only team that execute a ride, like and mm. the time shows it. Yeah. But anyways, we're going to start off with a bit of obviously the first gold medal has already been awarded the women's team sprint um we were just talking before the show we were like it it's frustrating that it's still two riders you know it's it's like it just isn't as fun to watch isn't it like these girls are gonna have a great time in three years when there's three riders there's so much more to talk about it's not just sort of the rider one rips it and then rider two hangs on there's you know there's gonna be a lot more sort of dynamics to the event yeah, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think I think there's already a few countries like trying to train it a little bit, and we're training it in the lead up to to Tokyo. Um, I guess just having that third rider there. I mean, you know, what's what's it going to hurt to have that third person there? Um, but yeah, it is going to be interesting um, at how that changes the dynamic of the ride fully, right? <clears throat> Different event. Um... I mean, it was pretty cool to watch, to be fair. Like, the, it, obviously, it's the first event to be handed out, and I think we saw some great performances from a lot of the girls. Um, obviously, just spoiler alert for those who haven't watched, it was uh, China one, Germany second, and the ROC, Russia? What I don't know what you want to call yeah. them. Mm, Russian <laughs> Olympic Committee. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it's curious that the, uh, the Germans were the fastest in qualifying. So, but then lost out by ultimately one tenth of a second in the final yeah like, i think was it even less than a tenth in the final oh it was I'm, I'm, it yeah was it was close. like a yeah it was uh 31 8 2 and 30 39 4 that's one nine something yeah. 
Yeah, but the so second close. lap by the Germans, Emma Heinzer, that was that was far quicker. Like they had they had the slower start, but lap two was absolutely rapid. So like she's looking good for other events this week, definitely. She's on really good form. Oh, I think those those Germans have such a depth in them, haven't they? That yeah, when it goes to three yeah. riders, they're, they're oh, they'll have... be all over that. Totally, they'll be all over that. It, it just—it's a shame it's not gone to three. Obviously, for this game, was because I think the strength and depth is there across most nations. Most nations have got that third girl sort of waiting. Um, and yeah, it's just—it's—it's it's the one. It's—it's it's silly that it's been around this long. This event that we came home into worlds what two thousand and seven, I think. Team Pursuit After, came in yeah. 2008 and we went up to 4 women 4K back in 2014 was our first Worlds as 4 women 4K. But they've kept Team Sprinters as two women for a really long time now. So, yeah, about time. Changed. Oh, it's, it's for the better. I mean, it's curious to like, we, we, I, I said it's, you know, it's just rip it and hang on for the rider, you know, the second rider. But like the, the times for the final laps, like the Germans were like, obviously on a much bigger gear for that start and you, the, the finishing velocity they had, like they're, they're going point, point 0.28 of a second faster on that last lap than the, the Chinese were. It was like, after the first lap, you're like, it's over, China's won. Mm, you know, they really yeah, sort of yeah. rushed through. Um, and that next year when they've got an extra rider having to do that extra lap, I think oof, that extra velocity is going to change the sport for them. Yeah, it's going to change things completely. Because yeah, that, that first lap's still crucial, but you can come a long way off that however good that delivery is when you've got a whole extra you know a third lap to play with there so yeah it will be a really good test i'm looking forward to it it'll be good it's about time we've got some yeah, bit yeah. more it's, it's the one event that's really just stand out as so badly unequal um been very slow getting, getting there with a few other events obviously madison's taking a bit of time but we're getting there we're getting there well you know it's funny that you you know because you you kind of say that from like a sense of experience because it was london that was three riders right for the women's team pursuit yeah yeah, right. that was our first Olympics with TP in, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so, like, was there a fight for that, or was it just, like, like to get it to four riders, or was it more or less, you know, it just it evolved with the times, or were, were the women actually speaking out, like, hey, we want to ride four riders, we want to ride 4K, you know? Honestly, for me, as a, like, personally, as an athlete, I probably was better suited to 3K. Like the sort of yeah. shorter the better for me, really. I, I was good for the first K, and it all sort of went downhill <laughs> after that. So I, I would have put like four riders, three K, and it been my choice. So um, don't think there was really any campaigning. I remember it being, you know, I barely even remember it being announced actually. But I remember it was announced quite soon after London, because yeah. at that point I was like, oh, what's point riding track worlds in 2013 when it's still three K and we know we're going up to four K. But yeah, I don't really know how that came about. But I guess it's yeah, sort cause... of a natural progression. That's kind of where my question comes from, because it's like we're all sitting here talking about like, oh, yeah, it's finally it's three riders. But I've never heard somebody go, I wish it was three riders. You know what I mean? Or like and I, I've i kind of heard it like just in passing. But it's like even the women here are like stoked on the fact that it's it's now three riders who had more depth and, you know, yeah. we're struggling to get the two to come together, you know, much less finding a third, you know. So but it's, yeah. it's kind of exciting to see everybody stoked on it. But. Anyway. And it's going to be fun to see what actually happens to the standard of the team sprint um, as it develops. I mean, I'm just looking now. So, Joe, you won 3.14.0 for the 3K. Whereas if you look at the, mm -hmm. the fast qualifier today, the Germans, 3.08. Like, that's... Mm. Through that's the 3K. Through the 3K. Yeah. And they're mm. still going on. Like, the, it's obviously, like, the sport's completely changed. But, like, the, oh, God, yeah. 
as soon as you like open it up to four riders, you build the depth in the squads, you get more riders doing it, the standard gets higher, the sport gets better. Like it's, it's yeah. be it sort of forces year. development because you've got to, you've got to get an extra rider at that level or actually two riders so you've got a reserve or whatever and it sort of forces everybody to be better uh, i mean back when i first started track cycling we didn't have team pursuit so it was just um points race and ip in the olympics and i remember at world cups people used to make jokes about women's bunch races not being as good and you know boring to watch and all this sort of thing but as soon as tp came in suddenly you're going to a world cup with more riders everyone's competing for spots and like the whole standard across the board sort of increased exactly we've moved a little bit away from team sprint here and i've got us back yeah. onto women's team pursuit i'm sorry <laughs> no, <laughs> like no, a broken yeah. record well that's why when we were trying to lay this out i was like i know we're trying to go in schedule order but i have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna be like all right yeah that's the men's team pursuit we're gonna dive straight in the women's team pursuit because there's some pretty cool things that happened in the in the women's team pursuit but anyways so we just go straight on to the women's team pursuit then say congratulations Let's do it. China. Let's, yeah, yeah congrats china on the world record and uh the olympic gold um yeah so in case anyone didn't watch the women's team pursuit i think if, if as team pursuit qualifying is generally pretty boring it's pretty to script they don't even publicize it at world champs it's not on tv they don't record it because they're like who's gonna watch it but um it's it, my I, favorite it's the best event today. Like it's, it's what best. you want to see. Yeah. They won't it's where air it in the US. Goes wrong. Mm. They won't air it in the US. So if you don't miss if you don't oh. watch it live, you miss qualifying. Like the word qualifying, I think, is a thing that people are just like, oh, it's just, just qualifying. We'll watch the final. <laughs> you know, I think and we might get the rounds, I guess, on a replay, but uh I had to do some dark web hunting to find the rides this morning. So <laughs> And I mean, like for people that don't know, generally in team pursuit, what's called pursuit is that you have two separate teams on the track at the same time. Whereas qualifying to get that initial seeding, it's one rider, you know, well, one team on the track at a time. There's no variables. There's no swirl. There's no nothing. It's, it's, it's true pursuiting. It's on, you know, it's honest. But then in the rounds, and so I was looking at the rules this morning and, and you know, the rounds are something that I think might not be clear to people. Um, you know, when, when people qualify, usually like in a sprint tournament, it would be like one to 24, you know, so on and so forth. That's how they ride. But, you know, with this kind of qualifying, it's, it's, it's a bit different. And, um, you know, Johnny, I just, you know, cause of your technical experience of just knowing it all, um, you want to explain like just how that qualifying works. So why is it important to be the fastest? <clears throat> well, it, it's, it's sometimes not important to be the fastest, um, the way it works. So j what happens is, uh, you get seeded, and then in the in the next round, the first, the fastest time goes against the fourth fastest, then the second goes against the third, um, and those are the medal ride-offs. So if you win, if you want to get into the gold medal final, you have to win that semi-final effectively. Um, but so they, that's where your two gold and silver medals come from. Um, so at the moment, the only teams that can go for the gold medal is those top four. So that's why qualifying is so important. But here's where the butt comes in. You can qualify second, lose your semi-final, but ultimately never make it to a, a medal final um, because everyone else goes against everyone else. So fifth goes against eighth, sixth versus seventh. And then it's just a case of fastest time goes, goes to the next round. Um, so it brings the in- The bronze some, final. Yeah, the bronze final. The, it brings in a sort of a new dynamic of it. And there's been a few times, especially back in Hoopland, where we're like, can we really, is it worth going for the bronze? You know, cause it's, 
if you go all out and qualify fourth, you're, 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 you're not going to go through, you know, you're going to get beaten by the, by the gold medalists, potentially, you know, the fastest qualifiers. Um, and you're not going to have any effect of the swirl. Because obviously next round, we've got two tracks on the track, two riders on the track, rather. I get my, my words together. Um, <laughs> and so you can get a massive offset. So the, if you're the fourth fast, uh, fifth fastest and you're going against the eighth fastest, you're, there's a good chance, like, especially how everyone rode today, there's you know, four or five second offset on that. So it could be that we see a lot of catches happen tomorrow. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, and it, cha- it changes how you pace the race, how you do a lot of things. Because if you, if you think you're going to, you know, if you think you've got a good chance of getting in someone's slipstream, it's worth potentially pulling a sort of Hail Mary and going off at an unsustainable pace. Because even though in the last kilometer, you're going to lose, you know, 15 watts on your power because you've gone off too hot, you may gain 20 watts in aero drag by being in the slipstream of someone. Um, and it's something I didn't really appreciate until I did some team pursuits in in january we've got around a team suit i've done things now um but we raced you I, finished? I it, yeah yeah we did oh, it as part of the uh under 23 academy um we raced against the juniors and it was like it was like two three k to go i was like we are going too fast this can't happen <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like whoa 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 um but then I, I, I was going man four and like they pulled up and I got, I got there. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's amazing. Like you literally just yeah. get sucked in. Um, so it's, it's such a, you know, it's an unknown element really um, until you sort of experience that, how much of a benefit drafting into a team can be. So interesting. Anyways, yeah, yeah let's so just badge. Feel... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, on that, looking at the times that we've had today, so Germany 4.07, fourth fastest Italy 4.11. So we've got over four seconds difference there between first and fourth. So again, that's another thing for Germany. Like, could they sort of go out, get in a slipstream and then sort of cruise that? Like, they, as long as they win that, they don't need to do a fast time. So they could potentially have an easier ride there. Whereas between GB and USA, you've only got just over a second. So that's going to be a far tighter battle there. I mean, that's the one I think a lot of people thought were going to, was going to be the gold medal final, GB versus America. But that's going to be first round tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, some, some bigger gaps down to Canada 4.15, but eighth compared to France 4.12 and fifth. So, yeah, could be, could be very interesting. I think, I think chapeau to the French. I think they were... Yes. They were, apart from the Germans, they were qualifying of the century for them. I mean, you bear in mind, uh, I remember talking to some of them at the Brisbane World Cup and they were, it was touch and go whether they're even going to qualify for these games. Um, And to pull out a qualifying where they beat Australia, New Zealand and Canada Mm. is pretty ridiculous. Like, fair play to them. Well done. Um, And I think it's... Is it, it, I think it's, it's more, not, no, I've said well done. Now I'm going to be like, <laughs> I think they rode to their ability. Um, whereas I think a lot of these teams got a bit excited by the air density, got a bit excited by how fast they've gone in training, got scared by seeing how fast Germany went. Um, and it just, Australia and Canada and New Zealand, they never seem to be in the race. Like it just, I was, I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, we're messaging everyone like it's going to be four or five. It's going to be it's going to be world record, and it's, they just never get going. Um, be curious to know what happens tomorrow and whether that's just they had a bad ride. Um, I know the Canadians especially were just apparently they were just just devastated. They didn't know what happened, you know. Um, mm. But they just weren't even in the game. They went slower than they've ever gone. 
at the Olympic Games? I think you can throw you so much when you see a fast time go up before you. Like even in commentary, when I saw the 4.12 from France, which is quicker than what we qualified in in Rio, we qualified in a 4.13 in Rio, which was a new world record at the time. So like right then as a commentator, I was like, all seven teams are going to break the old world record. If France can do 4.12, everyone else is going sub 4.10. Actually, it was a really you know good quality ride by France. And my immediate thought was that, oh, the conditions must be, must be that good that everyone's going to smash this. And I think when you're sat there warming up or sat waiting to get up, and then obviously seeing a 407 from Germany, it really like plays tricks in your head. And you're like, are the conditions that fast? Was that a really good ride? Are we going to go that much quicker than we ever possibly thought we could go? And at that point, do you change the strategy? Do you change the split you're trying to ride? We've had that as the world champs. And like, I think you need to just like stick with your original game plan rather than suddenly start, you know, you've got to be in it to win it, like you say. And if you mess up that first ride and, you know, lose a rider and suddenly you're outside the top four, like we've seen with Canada, Australia, New Zealand, you know, people have had them down as potential winners here. And now none of them can race for gold. So it's, yeah, not getting carried away. And it's easily done when you see times like that. That's why it's good to go first in qualifying. If I ever had the choice, I'd qualify first. Let's get it done. Would you? Get oh, no, the I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> really? had, we had like the, it, it brings it out of you because a race is, I think the, across, across the board in these team suits, it's highlighted that a simulation behind closed doors is not a race. And I think some yeah. of the teams that have done more racing and, you know, done more public, dis, you know, displays have performed a bit better. Um, yeah. And I know for me, if it was, uh, you talk about that sort of nerves on race day. I remember there was a, like the, the classic example for us was because we had obviously two polar opposite characters of John Archbold and Dan Bingham. And I remember the, I remember the French like set a crazy qualifying time. We sat there on like the, in, on the waiting chairs, ready to go. You look to your right and John's like, right, we're not going to win. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> like pure fear just sets into his face. But then you look left and Dan's like, we're gonna go so fast <laughs> you know it's that um it brings like the different personalities into play and it's and it brings yeah. the racers to the game um, I should say which is great if you're so. all racers it's yeah. difficult when you've got those polar opposites like you're saying and someone's freaking out and someone else is like bring it on and that's when you get a team sort of could potentially split to bits so that's still why I picked to go first so there's, there's no external things there but external influences but yeah don't get to pick that anyway. That's the IP so. rider and you're coming out there, Joe. <laughs> it is. When I, like I won the world's IP, I was off really early in qualifying. I had a long wait and I got through to the final just like barely. But I think if I'd sat and watched the times, you know, I don't know if that would have freaked me out or not, but we made <laughs> it. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> um, so should we go through and just have a little sort of chat on everyone's, for the girls, for their rides and sort of, yeah, we'll yeah. Give them a, I know their coaches are going to give them feedback, but if they want to just ignore the coaches and listen to us, <laughs> We'll, we'll give you the honest, unbiased feedback. Um, I mean, sort of going off first, we talked about the French. Great ride. Um, technically a bit shaky, I'd say. Um, they weren't as dialed. It really sort of highlighted the sort of the squads that are perfect on their technique, their cornering, their changes. Um, and there's a few, especially in the men, it, sort of, it, it cropped up and you can see the damage that, that, can, be, that can be done. Um, but yeah, there's a few sort of um, Marion, Mister Mister Change. You sort of rush, and you're rushing it in, and you sort of you see it on commentary, and you're like, "Oh, that's nothing." But then a second turn, she parked it. So it's it's mm. you know it's it there's a once you open the tap, you can't turn it off. Um, I mean, going on to Italy, like we said this in the previous commentary, they've got such a talented group of girls. They're so so yeah. strong. 
but like wow they wrote bad <laughs> like i don't know who the italy needs to hire a good um, performance analyst and get a, a big black marker and be like right this one we're gonna ride here <laughs> on the black line um like it's i don't see how we can be at this stage where like i think they have some of the best equipment at the race for the italians but technically they're just thrown away seconds from it um and maybe they'll improve in the next round but we'll see um quite a slow start to the race maybe that sort of highlights because they're a bit like the, the the men and the women are quite similar and there's quite a lot of road riders on that on that Italian team. So maybe they haven't done as many starts. They aren't quite as dialed on that start. Um, so it was a bit sort of shaky all over the place for that. Um, but this is the big but that you always ask. They went really fast. So mm. yeah, <laughs> qualified this... fourth, four eleven. Qualified. Uh, yeah, fourth. you can't complain too much about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was quite impressed with that ride. I mean, it's like you're saying, mainly made up of road riders, and it's. I think you asked in one of your other podcasts, like, how do you train for a team pursuit, like? what what do you do do you go down the sprint route do you go down the riding big stage races route and like italy seem to be more along the the road riding route and i don't think their team pursuits always look the best but they tend to go quite fast so you know it's like we always used to have that discussion like what makes a good team pursuit and you can talk for hours about line and changes and all that but then it's like well if you're going to ride fast it doesn't really matter what it looks like but i mean they came fourth they weren't they weren't winning it so yeah <laughs> if we're going to be critical yeah yeah there, hopefully i mean if you contrast it with the germans who are up next and obviously we talked about the fastest time new world record new olympic record like nearly two seconds faster than gb ultimately um they look so dialed they were so controlled and it looked easy um and if you their see, if you last see the, kilo was their fastest kilo as well yeah yeah so like, they did an interesting how strategy insane is that yes yeah, so they had um michaela kruger from their rider four um she did a three and a half three and a half lap turn from man four a uh, rider four um it's quite unusual it's, it's something that the aussie men had tried a few times at worlds um obviously they, they did a lot of longer turns um across the squad so i think where mm. longer turns have failed traditionally in the past is that you've been too you know you've got too much race to go and you've only got three riders whereas for them they only had every rider only had one turn to do at the end um and yeah, it worked out for them. Lisa Klein dragging them home, ramping it for the finish, which is, it's promising. It's so, it's, they went fast yeah. and they had more at the end. Um, I know. I, I mean, I'm excited to see what they can do. Like, I think other teams will come out a lot stronger tomorrow, but like you say, they looked in control. They were getting faster towards the end and, you know, nearly two seconds quicker than anybody else. Like, that is really significant. Um, in qualifying up early so they had nothing to gauge that like they had to just do their best ride but yeah i'm really excited by that yeah, yeah. Go tomorrow it's quite a slow start for them um i don't know whether that was whether they were riding a slightly bigger gear compared to other teams um they were sort of sixth and seventh after the first 500 meters but um really back-ended their race um, and also i think it looked quite a big gear but you know what it's so hard to tell i think i often like Cool, these things are, like, oh, yeah, they're on the massive gear there, but actually, sometimes that, it's that, just that, the... that's the inner commentator of yours coming out there, <laughs> yeah, the, the TV being deceptive. <laughs> if yeah, in doubt, yeah. say they're on a big gear, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we sort of talked a little bit about New Zealand, Australia, and Canada, and I kind of I put them in the same bracket of I just, I just don't think they brought their A game today. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, the Australia interest. One of the talking points at the start, I said, I, I had Australia down as one of my favourites, assuming that they changed in the bends. And of course, 500 metres in, when the first uh, when the first change happens in the in the in the bends, I'm like, well, they're going to win. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that world they change in the straights it's sort of a yeah that was all a little bit weird yeah yeah Not, well, they, wasn't convinced by that myself got a new coaching structure they had a uh, glenn o'shea's in charge now that was he was changed before, after worlds they had a massive change in their coaching okay structure. um so he's obviously said nope going back we tried it doesn't work uh, mm. so maybe they should try going back in the straights <laughs> <laughs> This is the ultimate team pursuit. Yeah. Everyone knows, but nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, I mean, they weren't doing too badly up to 3K, um, but it was their last kilo. They really came off it quite a lot, down to 103.5 last kilo. What, what was the Germans' last kilo? 59.2 last kilo. It's a huge yeah. difference. Wow. Um, and again, um, I don't know. I just, I just thought they all looked bogged down. Like It looked like they were doing 75 RPM. And so maybe, mm. and if you look at the, you, obviously we don't know what speed these teams are aiming for, but you can get a rough idea of just looking at the coach and see which way mm. he's walking. Um, and I think all of the teams were being walked about three tenths too slow for every lap straight from the off, um, which kind of makes sense because they're sort of riding around. You needed to ride 50 no basically to, to get in that top, you know, top four. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of teams are sort of 14-3, and every they, they sort of follow the same sort of wave pattern of they like they're like oh we're too slow then they ramp it in the middle and then it goes to goes to pot at the end um so who knows i mean I, I wouldn't put it past any of those riders getting in that bronze final tomorrow that's going to be the sort of the, the second race really um and yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if that's where we see the fastest time come from yeah. I also think like when you have these mixed track sessions before the competition starts, like you've got circulating air and everything and you get like quite carried away thinking you're going better than you are. And it just feel, it always feels easy those days. There's, you know, there's loads of people whacking around the blue line and you feel like completely on it. And then come race day, suddenly there's like no circulating air, feels heck of a lot harder. And I think it's easy to like go too big on your gear and that sort of thing. And like you say, yeah, people obviously going out too fast and so much to it but that you learn so much from that qualifying ride like i know as a team pursuit we never really used to train for a final we never used to get up with the second team on the track and say like let's have a bike race here like it was always about dialing into that qualifying like qualifying speed qualifying time but then on race day like it always feels so different you've tapered everything just feels a little bit unfamiliar because you're used to training with tired legs all the time and you know how that feels and then you've got a little bit of crowd here which obviously it's nice, but can make a little bit of a difference. And I just think you learn so much from that. Like there'll be, especially like you say, those teams, sixth, seventh, eighth, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, like we expect a lot from them. So they're going to go away tonight, analyze that, look, watch it back, look at their splits, look at all that data. And I think, I think come back better, like you say. And, you know, obviously, like you say as well, you get a bit of a catch in one of those rides. Could be very first time. What would you do uh, okay. traditionally? Like when you, when you finish a qualifying and say, if you were in that team, you've come seventh, you, you know, tomorrow you've got a race again. What would your mindset be going into this, the round one? Oh, good question. It actually happened to us in 2016 Worlds. We split to bits in qualifying and ended up qualifying fifth. So we couldn't qualify for gold the next day. And it was home world championships, Olympic year, blah, 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 quite a big deal. 
Um, I think we just like reset and just saw bronze as the gold. And it was just, it's weird because like whenever you're on the start of another bike race, like you've got a chance to win. Like if I start Tour of Flanders, I've got a chance to win. Very, very slim chance. Probably not going to happen, but there's a chance. <laughs> but it's weird going into a race thinking like all we can get is a bronze. But we, I think we just like refocus thinking like, that that is our that is our gold and you know we need to do our fastest possible rides and we sort of really focused more on us going as fast as we could and less about the fact that it was a bike race for that like I always call it the semi-final it's the first round but I prefer semi-final but yeah like the, the first round it was like let's see how fast we can go and then not the final it was like right let's win this bronze medal um and we had a catch actually did we have a catch we had, we had a catch in one of the rides at Worlds that year because I remember I was on the front going around the other team and everyone was saying apparently I took it too wide, apparently. So it's unlike me to, um, to leave a big gap to some other riders. You know it was all your fault, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, the classic feedback, no. like we won, but also these are the seven things we did wrong, Joe. <laughs> oh, just seven. That, that would have been a good day, Johnny. That would have been a really good day out. Um, but no, I think I think you can reset and see see that bronze as, you, as your gold. So... But yeah, it will be tough, especially like I think Australia have not had a good day out today, men and women. So, yeah. What do you, what do you think strategy wise the coaches should do? Because a lot of these teams have a fifth rider sat on the side um, and they'll have mm -hmm. different strategies that they may you may not use. Um, if you've had a bad ride, what, what, what's your what's your thoughts? Do you do you rip it apart and try again? Or do you sort of, you back, you know, these were the, we, we picked these four because yesterday we thought they were the fastest. They may have underperformed, mm. but... Get, let's, let's see what tomorrow happens. Um, I think in general, I'd try and use the fifth rider, especially I think tomorrow they've got about an hour and a half between the two rides, like not a massive amount. I think it's different for the men. They're spread over three days, it's sort of different kettle of fish entirely. But I think when you've got two rides quite close together, if you can use the extra rider, I would. But of course, it depends what athletes you're working with. It depends who backs up well. Depends, you know, some people, some people get better with subsequent rides. Like that sort of, you know, activates them nicely. Other people just get worse so depending on like, those the, people that get better <laughs> <laughs> we really do. it's not fair <laughs> uh, um but yeah it's depending on the specific athletes i'm working with i i mean i'm probably more towards the the use use five if you can um but i mean only if you've got five runners that are close enough in ability that it's not going to sort of hamper the efforts to, to do that but also if, if you've qualified you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, like you've really got nothing to lose here. Like you're, you're not heading for a medal currently. You need to make a change if you want to, if you want to be in that territory, um, unless you've made some real big error in qualifying that you can rectify with those riders, then I, yeah, I mix it up. I say this sat here with absolutely no responsibility whatsoever. <laughs> really out of the team pursuit game now. Like, yeah, let's mix it up for the Olympics. Why not? Oh, this, this is the advantage of being the armchair pundit. We can tap away at our keyboards and say... <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> made all these it. mistakes. If you'd only listened to us, yeah. we would have won. <laughs> yeah. do, you, uh, yeah. do you guys have time or finals predictions? Uh, Time-wise, generally, the cost of... Well, the, the advantage of having another team on the track would be about one and a half to two seconds. So on a fair ride like the Germans, you'd put them down as a 405, maybe. Um. I think we may see faster for the. I I, well, I said the Germans are going to get the catch. I think, but um, if they make the catch, that's it. Race over. Happy days. Germans are in the final. Um, but yeah, four or five maybe. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow morning in the rounds is when we see the fastest time of the competition. Mm. But we still got USA and GB 
the great rivals to chat about. Mm, yeah. Mm. As we all said on this podcast, I guess, huh? One of us is getting in trouble, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, John? What do you think of the girls' performance, USA? I just think, unfortunately, it's a very driven, in, in, you know, it was like this with the men. It was a very driven team on one rider. Um, and I think Italy's kind of like that too for the men, but, uh, you know, just to keep it, keep it on the side of, uh, of topic, but anyways, you know, Chloe's hurt or something's going on. Something's not right. She's always had, um, somebody there for her. Like she's, she's had hip issues in the past and she's, she's kind of prone to some issues like, uh, with some injuries. Um, and so she's always had somebody there for her. Like when she gets off the track, she's just like, she's emptied the tank. And it was like, it was something that you could always see, but something about it right now just looks different. Um, she, she was off in the road time trial. And then, you know, like I said, before we started this thing, you know, being in the U S with the coverage, like they spent almost 20 minutes just with the camera on her. So, uh, I, I kind of, I, I kind of wonder how she's going to recover from that um and recover from the effort and then the next thing is is she's gonna have to do it twice tomorrow um and and i think i think they put a lot on her and they expect a lot out of her um but i also don't know what they're gonna do for lineups because i know that the that was like a chat with uh you know the reason why they've been trying to add depth to this team is for jen valente to rest for the omnium um and like interesting yeah, giving her an opportunity to rest. So they've added they've added pretty big depth to this team with Lily Williams and and uh, Emma White and then Megan Jastrab. And so, um, but they've been very secretive on like lineups and how they're how they're going to kind of play that out. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Like, I mean, it's a young team. It's a young team, and 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 I think with with a lot of change, they don't change much. And I think with Chloe off her game, I, I, I don't know if they can beat a GB because that's one thing that I texted you. I know that you said that you felt like GB had a bad ride, but I, I, I saw like when it, when they crossed the finish line, it looked like one of them was smiling. I don't know which one it was. It was a woman too, but she was like, she, she looked, she was like, okay, I'm okay with this. Like, and it looked like she crossed the line smiling. And so I couldn't tell if like they were holding back or, or what, but and this was before we pulled splits or did anything or even did that analysis that you did. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wonder, I, I think, I don't think that they will be GB. You don't. Which, it's funny that you say that. Like, I mean, I've, I can't disagree more with your analysis of Chloe's performance. I thought. Uh, I mean, she had a great performance, but I, she's, yeah. she's hurting. I mean, she's hurting, but I think she, she's, uh, she's that anaerobic style, big, strong, muscular rider, isn't she? Like, she's going to, like, she can do anything and she'll be crying on the floor or vomiting, you know? No. Well, that's the thing. She's, she's resilient, man. I mean, I feel like if, you, if they could have put her back on the bike the day she crashed at World's Time Trial with her leg open, I think she even made a comment about, like, can I get back on the bike? Because she didn't, you know, want, you know, where she was at and that kind of thing. But, yeah, like, it's, like, she is resilient she's cutthroat she wants it i mean she the reason why she rides a bike is to win period that's why she rides a bike and so i don't i don't know man like if i'm being honest but like it she is definitely something's not a hundred percent there i mean that that, that rider that wasn't quite a hundred percent there if you analyze the the rider bits so 
they started off, like we said, they were on 50 nose, 14 nines. That's sort of the pace they were riding for the first sort of 2K. But then that's when the sort of damage happens when you're sort of your, third, your fourth weakest rider or not weakest. It's like, you know, it's the, the yeah. first crack start that happens around that 2K mark. Um, and then it sort of slows for three laps up to 15.5. Um, but then Daigot gets back on the front with three to three and a half to go and they do 15.049 last lap. Like, yeah. I think USA Team Pursuit, they just they haven't managed Chloe well, is how I would say it. Um, I know Gary Sutton gets big kudos for being one of the best Team Pursuit coaches out there. But if I was Gary Sutton, I'd be going into Chloe's room. I'd be absolutely roasting her for kicking through. And I'd be telling her she's doing three lap turns minimum because um, yeah. they need to protect. You know, they've got a big difference in how strong all the riders are. Um, and I think it's very, very similar to how GBR. They've got Katie Archibald is probably the best team pursuer in the world, full stop, men or women. Like, it's, she's amazing. Um, yeah. And I think GB, they base the team around her really, really well. Um, and I think that's something that USA can improve on, I think. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, like if she's got the energy to reaccelerate in that last kilo, then I would be, I'd be wanting her to put that energy at the start of the race. You know, do an extra lap. Um, and I know she does these, and just stop this changing in the straight business. Um, and what I think is interesting from what you guys are saying, like, I would have said all of that five years ago in Rio, like about the US team. Like when you look at how strong Chloe was, obviously they had Sarah Hammer back then as well. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, like, have they really used her effectively here? And, you know, could, could they have beaten us if, they, if they'd used her better? Obviously, she was, what, like, 19 then? 20? 19? Like, young. really young, really young. You know, blooming awesome, you know, fair play to her. But I remember thinking, like, could they have done better here, building this team around her, you know, using her, using her better? And five years on, like, we're having that same conversation. So that sort of raises questions for me really like what have they what have they been doing they've won a few world champs jerseys in between so it's not it's not been <laughs> yeah. too bad I'm being that's, obviously a, that's a success critical, dilemma though isn't it um yeah the older if you want to be in front pretend as if you're behind um yeah but and we should say to everyone that i know i know i coach a few people that listen in and haven't got a clue about track cycling and they're just like what is this niche little world you're talking about um generally in a sort of team suit ride you want to According to physics, you want to reach peak maintainable velocity and hold that for the duration of the event. Because when you see these sort of accelerations, you know, half a second for a lap acceleration, what it means is it's the rider at the front is having to put extra watts out, but also the riders in the wheel also have to put an extra 10, 15 watts out, um, which is all non-functional power that they're producing. Um, Whereas if it's a flat line, you get a better, better recovery on the wheel. So you should have more energy to produce at the back end of the race. Um, there's some question marks on how you should pace it with the speed these people are going and with two teams on the track, because obviously if you, you pick up your own swirl effectively on two teams, so a flat pace may actually mean you do less power at the end of the race and start the race. So technically maybe you actually have to do slightly faster in the last K to hold the same power, but that's, that's a deep level of stuff that I don't really understand yet. Give that, me- that, that is deep stuff there, Johnny. Yeah, you see a lot in the men because the men ramp the final generally. They they tend to some of the better ones. They tend to ramp the final sort of three and three and a half laps or so. Um, mm. Whether that's to do with the sort of a larger anaerobic capacity that allows them to do so, but it doesn't make sense what they're doing. Um, it's like a sort of 
from a physiological point of view, the best way to pace a four minute event would be a J pace where you sort of start, start fast, then sort of settle in flat and then you ramp the final sort of 40 seconds. Um, but it's, it's, it's not just a J pace. I've not heard that before. Yeah, yeah. That was a new one for me too. Is it a J? J? I mean, it would look, it would be, uh, I guess it'd be the opposite J, but yeah. It goes up and yeah. Well, it's a Johnny pace. So we'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to butcher expressions in the past, so <laughs> other uh, pacing shapes are are available. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what about the what about the GB women, Joe? How does it feel? You, we should say Joe lost her world record today. So, commiserations. Few people have mentioned that. Just you know, keep Aww. going, keep going. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, a few people have said to me, like, how do I feel? And honestly, like, I love that the event's progressing and I love that it is going from strength to strength. And, you know, we've got a new team at the top currently. You know, it's not a case of the same people always winning. It's, you know, it's exciting. Like, from a fan's point of view, like, I love seeing that 407 go on the board. And yeah, I was immediately asked, how do I feel? And I'm like, I feel good. You know, I, I, I left the team five years ago. So um, I was, I was expecting that record to go, well, last year, really. So I've had a cheeky extra year there of world record holder. So, yeah, I, re I really, really can't complain at that. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, I've really enjoyed following GB, this Olympic cycle. It's sort of been nice to enjoy it as a fan and not be part of it. I'm trying to say that without sounding too bad. Like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, no, I, um, I do enjoy, I am a fan of team pursuiting. Like I, I loved all the data and everything as a rider and I've sort of still enjoyed that um, in retirement as well. So yeah, it, kind of like me, yeah that you love the sport, you love doing the team pursuit, but you don't like the stress and the, the stuff that comes along with being yeah. part of a very, very expensive national program, effectively the sort of the pressure that goes on it. Um, like these girls, uh, depending on how well they do, will depend how much money they have for the next cycle and the cycle after that. So it's when yeah. it gets to this sort of pointy end of elite sport, it is very, very high stress. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't possibly add any further comments there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was done. I, I was done. I'd done two Olympics. I'd got everything I could have possibly got out of it as far as I was concerned. So yeah, very much like life has moved on now. I'm a, I'm a medical student, which is is another. Yeah, different type of stress, you know, why not? Why not make life difficult? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like you were saying, like, it, I really enjoyed this morning. I, I love team pursuit qualification. Like every commentator is like, oh, team pursuit qualification. Oh, this is boring. Um, but I love it. I could talk for hours yeah. about team pursuit qualification, men or women. My favorite, my favorite thing to talk about. Well, before we move on to the, uh, the men, what's your final predictions, everyone? I want to hear... Gold, silver, mm, and bronze. God, dude, you were trying to qualifying. Just now you know the answers. Let's go. Uh, shall I go first? No, um, you go first. I, I think GB will win. Um, from Germany, and I think that I think the quickest time might be in the semi-finals. I think the Germans might keep the world record, but I think GB might win. Let's see. Let's watch me be completely wrong now. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll dial into Eurosport and just say you need to check your expert. <laughs> Maybe we Thanks. can record like four or five of these and just sort of like plug it in. <laughs> we can slot it in after the fact. <laughs> can I give like five different predictions and then we can edit as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. That might work well for me. All right. You want me to go, Johnny? Yeah. Off you go, John. I will go with the 
same front end, I do think GB will win. Um, I think Germany will come in second, and I think the U.S. will come in third. That is my prediction. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. New record. Um. Yeah, I do think I do think there is a new world record, and I I part of me thinks. Part of me does think that yeah, that Germany does have it. Um, I just I don't see. Well, I don't know if I can say this. Yeah, I just don't see it happening from GB, but and I'll explain later. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with both of you. GB, Germany, but I think USA aren't going to be that third. If they don't win that, if they don't win the race tomorrow against GB, that's their medal gone, I think. Um, yeah. I don't see either one of the trio who did badly in qualifying, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, get that. Oh, wow. Well, okay. You've named three teams there. Like, pick one. Pick one for that bronze. <laughs> yeah, You've way gonna, too many bases. So flexible. There, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to select the... Yeah, it's just anybody from 7th to 4th. <laughs> <ninth. laughs> um, Australia. Oh, okay. Interesting. The bronze. This has got to be... You know, Joe, after this, this one podcast, your job has to be so difficult as a commentator. Like, does anybody give you shit after you make a, like a, like a comment of a prediction and they just don't like where you're going with that prediction? And you're just like, well, it's just my job. That's just what I thought it was. I was trying to be non-biased here. Like, does that ever happen to you? Oh, uh, social media gives everyone a, a voice to, to tell you what they think. <laughs> and it's tricky because when you're commentating, like, I mean, not so much in team pursuit commentary, but like in bunch races on road races, like it's easy to make mistakes and just make the wrong call and, you know, yeah. you know, name a rider incorrectly. And then, yeah, you, you, can, you can do everything right. Then one little mistake, everyone's on it. But I sort of get that's part of the job. And well, um, you also know some of these riders personally, you know? Yeah. And that's where yeah. I can see it being like, well, yeah, we saw the 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 you know the Danish team um, just the other day, and I think uh, they were all upset that <laughs> GB was going to come through in the men's team pursuit. And I was like, I didn't even know you guys listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. Really well, I'm not overthinking what I've said now. I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah. Well, I think the only people that listen to this are in the village, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So the men, how, how was that for everyone? Whoa, man, Australia. Can we just dive straight into that? Or is that like something that like, it's like a chapter five? No, that, 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 that needs a podcast for itself. Oh my gosh, that was, that was insane. And like I said, you know, before when I woke up this morning and you guys gave me the extra 40 minutes to try to uh, do as much homework as possible, I just like looked at times and I was like, oh, okay, this is okay, cool, odd, whatever. And then, like, I got onto Facebook, just you know, doing my normal um, millennial things, and then boom, first article, bars blow up. And I remember us having the conversation. We had a conversation about bars blowing up, cheap bars at nationals. Everybody can make handlebars now, and to see Australia with a blown up base bar, what, what four laps in? Yeah, it's pretty, uh, I mean, to be fair, we were talking about extensions and this was actually, yeah, yeah. if anyone wants to see it, I'm, I'll, I'll put a photo on the proto link into it, but it's like the the whole of his sort of bar around the stem snaps off, um, which is, it's like, 
I couldn't believe they kept replaying it. It's some of like the most horrific thing I've ever seen. These guys are doing 35, 68k an hour, and it just disappears in front of him. His hands just fall down on the track, and uh, you see the photos of the the rash burn on his face. Like he literally plants it with his nose on his chin. Mm. Um, he jumped out of he he practically jumped out of a moving vehicle and fell on a basketball court. And he jumped up afterwards. He was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he was yeah. pretty pissed off. The, the camera yeah. follows him as he walks into the pen and he says some, uh, some he doesn't need to take a, a lip reading expert to say what he tells his mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was definitely not stoked. But we were, I was talking a little bit about this this morning with the roommate here is, uh, I wonder if it was better that he couldn't see it coming. You know, like there's like a split second where you touch a wheel and you're like, yep, this is it. This is it. And this is how I, I die. Think, yeah, I think he just falls limp, you know. Um, but my God, that was that was insane. Um, it's insane. Lucky then, he was at the back. Yeah, and what's the rule? What's the rule on, on uh, the restart? I thought it was like after 750 meters or something like that, right? Uh, it's a slight different. It has been chained recently. Um, it's you can restart the race at any point in the race as, soon, oh. as long as it's an essential part of the bicycle that's been damaged. Mm. Um, which no I mean, at, at the time I was like, I thought they they cocked it up and because the the three the other three lads like they look at they look over the shoulder immediately and stop. Mm. Um, yeah, and the coach is like straight on cancel cancel redo. Um, and I was I, I thought they'd they'd blown it. I thought they'd have to uh, you know do the ride. Because um, similar thing happened with the Italians at a World Champs, it might have been two years ago, where their first rider slipped on a change. He crashed, top of the banking, went down, crashed after 500 meters. But they had to continue the ride with three riders um, because that was a crash, not a sort of serious mm. part of the equipment uh. mechanical. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if they would have gone faster if he, they had kept going. Um would be my question mark because obviously Alex Porter is he's you know he is the best man one in the world I think he's he's silly good what he does the the initial turn length plus like the races he's got round to do that he does you know three and three and a quarter opening stint you know 35 35 casual as you like but um his second turn is normally only about a lap um so and in the because obviously he got up he got he did a restart half an hour later they sort of delayed it um, and he, you know, you're not going to go well after that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm my first sort of impression when I saw him do it, cause I thought they, had, they were going to swap in Luke Plapp, who's their sort of reserve, but you have to start with that starting lineup. I was about to say, I don't think you can. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm, I'm glad like the first thing that happened when he was down, it was head injury assessment. He'd probably passed that thankfully. Um, Cause I was like, are they, are they <laughs> when you, I was like, are they really letting this guy go out again? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like, I feel so bad for those guys. Um, I mean, I've seen pictures of all of them crying their eyes out in the D those boys, like the stuff they were doing in, in training, um, all the sort of, all the sneaky gossip you get slid into DMS. They, they were absolutely <laughs> flying. Um, they were so, so, so good. Um, I know they've done a 43 and a 44 in training four months ago. Um, albeit wow. They cheated. They, it peak Australia, they cheated. They cheat, well, it was peak Australia uh, summer, so it's sort of 40 degrees outside, and then they put the heat. That's always cheating. 
yeah, like yeah. forty five degrees in the track, so they sort of <laughs> warped the conditions a bit to try and simulate it. But uh, I feel so bad for those boys, um, and that's why you don't buy titanium panel parts. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a reason why some of the expensive stuff is expensive because it's done the ISO testing and it's made not to kill you. But yeah, poor boys. But they're still fifth. Like even after going down like that, they're still in fifth place. Um, and, a, and a curious little one that I don't know if many people missed that, but they actually changed the lineup of the riders between the sort of the first qualifying they did. They did those four laps. And then the restart, they changed it up. Um, Sam Wellsford moved to two. Lee Howard moved back up to four. Um, they sort of literally swapped the two riders around. So it's it's curious that sort of thinking on your head that the coaches have done. Maybe they sort of thought we need to bring Sambo back down the line just in case the start's not quite there. But to pick up the speed. Yeah, I mean, who knows what they're thinking? Um, to be a fly on the wall of that team tonight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I really, really feel for them, and I think they're one of the teams that have really committed to sort of a different style of TP training and you know, sort of the more gym-based, sprint-based stuff. Guys have given up pro contracts and you know, this is it. This, this is their big thing. They've waited not even four years, five years for this. And they were the first team to break the 350 barrier. Is it, was it 2018 they did that at Commonwealth Games? Yes. Yeah, like, they missed Worlds yeah. that year, committed to Commie Games broke the 350 barrier for the first time, which is also the first time that we've seen a world record in men's team pursuit outside of the Olympics for a couple of cycles anyway, because normally right. like it's, yeah, very much wait, wait till Olympic year at least to break that. So they really like raised the bar there. The first, first thing to go sub 350 is really significant. And then yeah, I was really excited to see what they could do today. And I just hope they, you know, we've got three days for men's team pursuit. So we've got an extra day, which, might help I don't know but yeah tomorrow they will be against uh the Swiss team so fifth against eighth so yeah against the slowest team in qualifying could be a rapid time could be a catch. will be a rapid time I'm, I'm, will be a I'm rapid almost time. certain that Luke Plapp's going to be in the right in the lineup um recently signed for Ineos he's he's one of these wonder kids that you get um mm. and I think it was pretty close in what lineup they actually run anyway um so I don't think I think those boys are going to come out swinging tomorrow. That's the world record happening. I'm looking forward to it. This is this is what we like. This is why sports good. You know, you, you can't predict it beforehand. If we knew who was going to win beforehand, what's the point in having an Olympics? Like this, this is this is why it's good because all sorts happens. I mean, obviously, not, we don't want to see people crashing. Just be clear on that one. But I mean, yeah, um, looking forward to it being mixed up a little bit tomorrow. It's curious, yeah. Um, so like you said, let's go through the rides a little bit like we did with the women. Um, the Canadians, I always had the Canadians down as a sort of, you know, a little wild horse who was going to perform really well here. But yeah, a confusing ride they did. They did, um, they, had them, they had the man one do five laps from man one straight and then bail. Um, hmm. and I like, wonder where that comes from. Well, that, 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 that's, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> Where did that come from? We learned that as a team very, very quickly that if you wanted to do that long term from the start, you do it from man two. Because yeah. at least for me anyway, the, the contribution that I could do from man two was identical to the contribution I could do from man one. But, but I would be an extra two laps into the race. Um, so I think that's a real 
I, I, I don't know who's advising them there, but just watch some videos. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that seems like a, a missed opportunity to me. And I know that that rider is, he's a speed skater in general. You know, he is a really, really fast keeler rider. Um, did a, he's on a crazy, crazy big gear. I wouldn't, I would argue that he's on the biggest gear of anyone today. Um, but they lost a second in that first half. They did an 18-5, uh, 18, uh, sorry, words. They did a 13-8 opening half, which is, you know, like to put it in perspective, like GB are doing, you know, 12-7, 12-8 is what they, they're after. That That's always been the sort of target. Um, but it just looks so pedestrian at the start, just getting that gear up. Um, and we talked a little bit about the advantages of having a bigger gear once you're up to speed, but you, you, you're not going to get that second back. You just, it's gone. Um, and obviously, you, you're left with three riders after, you know, 1.2K. So, guess what happens at the end of the race? Falls apart. Um, but, yeah, I think a bit of a disappointment there. And I wonder if they're going to change up a bit what they do second half. Because they've got Derek G. He's a super strong man for um, whether you can give him a bit more laps to do and hope for the best. Well, they seem stoked on it. I think, you know... That's one thing that they've had issues with is kind of putting rides together on the big stages, like when everybody's doing really well. And uh, I think for them to ride a 350 from a team that, you know, what was it, 2018 or 17 that got lapped by New Zealand and crashed and that was a big mess. What was that? It was one of those rides. But so I think I think that, that, that Hong Kong ride... world champs. I think. Yeah, I think so. 2017 world champs. 2017. Yeah, so but so I think for them to kind of be up there, not too far off that mid, you know, I mean half a second away from forty nine, you know, uh, I think I think it's a pretty good ride for them. But yeah, I do agree with you in the sense that I think maybe have Foley start bring De Hater up to speed and then let him rip and just kind of see where that goes. I mean, it's going to be a hard start from man two. I mean, you're you're. you're it's a hard ride, but it, yeah, I think, I think you are right in that sense. I don't think it's a hard start though. Like all the data that I've seen. So when I was, for me to do a man one start from the gate, it used to be around 1500, 1600 Watts peak um, yeah. and sort of average 1200 for the, for the first sort of 15 seconds. Whereas yeah. if I'm man two, I'm, I don't even touch a thousand Watts. If, if you execute that start smoothly, it's, you know, you, the difference is you go through the, the, 250 line at speed and you're like i haven't touched pedals you know um yeah and it's it's not just the sort of you get a lot less neuromuscular damage from that so your pedaling efficiency is better during the race your vo2 kinetics has improved because you've not had to produce as much energy before you've actually got up to vo2 max so it's it, it, it's a win-win in multiple boxes for me um so like if i was a coach i would be doing that swap yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah well um germany what do we reckon on Germany then? Oof. Uh, looked like there was a bit of a struggle there on the end, huh? <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of, in my, my notes for the men's race, it's everyone fell apart. Yeah. And I think that's, that just sort of shows the, we talked about it before, but like that's the level of these, these boys and girls now. Like so many teams are falling apart. Um, is you're right on that sort of ragged edge of performance where five watts here or there makes the difference between finishing and, and winning. Um, well, do you think a little bit of it is that like classic coach comment when you're trying to set up time trial pacing and it's like, well, why are you going to go out on a power or a time that you've never done before? Um, but now these team pursuits, I feel like it's like, look, you've never done these times before, but 
if we want to do it, we we got to go for it. Like we got to go for this time. And do you think guys are just like, oh, yeah, let's shoot for forty sevens, but never really trialed trialed it past a you know a standing two k or past a standing three k or you know whatever, what have you? And do you think these guys are just going out and just like hang on for dear life? I mean, that's one comment that you even made in training with your hoop watt bike, you know, training stuff is like. Yeah, we used to blow each other to bits all the time, and then we'd come together, and that's that's when we'd see that. Those times I think I think it, I think it depends a lot on that one. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes around team pursuit training is that you on race day you you fall to the level of your training, you don't rise to the level of your expectation. Um, and I think if you if you're going on race day and you don't know what you can do, you've you've cocked up. You know, like there's been mistakes made in the management of it. Um, and obviously a team, a 4k, like Joe started, you know, said it's, it, it's different to training, you know, it's very, very different. Um, we do a lot of flying efforts in team pursuit, um, and you can get dialed in here, there, and the other, but, um, you can't do that race day qualifying effort unless you're actually on the race, you know, like you can't simulate that, that taper, the sort of the, the, you know, the emotions that you get around that race. Um, you can get a lot of the way there. Um, so maybe this is part of the reason why everyone fell apart is because they haven't had as much sort of high stress racing. Like normally we'd have a world champs four months ago and that would have given everyone a good indication of where we're, where we're at. Um, so maybe that, that maybe COVID's to blame. Maybe. maybe. I mean, didn't, I mean, were they one of the teams that rocked up to the nation's cups? I know that there was like a few, there was like one or two. Yeah, they were the they were a team. They won the Nations Cup, so they they took advantage of that race opportunity. It was in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah, um, and so, I mean, they were definitely taking the opportunities. Uh, you know, and this kind of goes into Switzerland. I don't think Switzerland was taking advantage of some of those race opportunities um, that they maybe could have had. Personally. I think Switzerland are missing out Claude Emhoff. Like and that's mm. that's where they missed out today. Mm. Um, yeah. he's quite a controversial person to be left out. He was, he's sort of the talisman of Swiss cycling and has been for forever, really, you know, like, at least, at least when I've been following them. Um, and I'm just pretty, he must be feeling pretty shit for himself right now. Um, do we have any cheeky drama or a rumor of why he was left out of that team? Um, it's obviously easy to say in like afterwards, but you know, they, they've got a lot of young riders, Switzerland, a lot of like really good world tour road riders have won stages and performed. Um, and I think they just didn't back him for the event. Um, yeah. I mean, Bissinger absolute weapon today. He was, he was doing long, long turns, long, hard turns. Um, but I just sort of feel like maybe they lost, a, they left a bit of strength at home that, mm. I mean, he's, he's one of the best riders I've ever seen. I mean, in the, 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 the niche interest, like the, the final, the bronze final in Brisbane, like, I mean, people, people on GB send this video of Wiggins riding like at a centimeter away from, uh, from Clancy's wheel at Rio. And they're like, wow, it's amazing. He's like undercutting it everywhere. He's literally, he's like, I'm going to follow his wheel. Vishinger did, you know, uh, sorry, Imhoff did that for the whole 4k. It's the wildest thing we've ever seen. Like we were just like, no, it's going to crash. It's going to crash. Like, <laughs> he's, uh, like, he's such a skilled rider. Um, I would have had him in my team. I think you need, you need these, you know, you need some grounding, some experience at the Olympic games. Um, and I think Swiss have got a good team given three years, they're going to be right up there. Um, but just didn't work from today. Yeah. Right. Next one, Italy. Second fastest. 
I wonder how fast they could have gone if Man 2 was... Uh, if they didn't have to cage Filippo Ghana. And that's the thing. I've never seen Ghana go that, like, like that much of a spark. It's all... He always does this, like, ramp thing. But it was just, like, when you watch it, and I don't know if it's just from Man 2 being like, oh, nope, and just getting out of the way. Or if... Uh, or if it actually was like that that hard, I mean, and that much of a dig, I I don't know. I feel like you would have to pay the guy a little bit extra to ride Ghana's wheel, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a, a little bit. Plebani was the uh, is the one, and he's um obviously the Italian team is built up around these incredibly strong world tour riders of yeah. Loney, he's a uh, Cofidis, he was UAE. You've got Jonathan Milan, who's another one of these wonder kids. Uh, who was he? Barre Merida this year? But, um, you know, he's a... Jonathan Milan is 406 IP, 101 kilo. Like, wow. Um, yeah. And I think he had a hard ride. Like, for him, like, he, he he sits in front of Ghana. He does a two-lap turn in front of Ghana, changes. Ghana whacks it. So he never properly rests the first <laughs> two and a half laps until Ghana gets on. Like, he's you know, he's dangling yeah. off the back. He's not... He's not properly maximizing that ra- that relaxation that you can get um, on the wheel, but and it it was both changes. He missed that, and I was in that final 500 meters. It was like uh, Plebani had pulled up in the in the line, just like I can't believe two teams have done that. Like, can you imagine pulling up in the line? Wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but because uh, Sony like closes the gap within two seconds, I'm like, what? What's happening? Like, yeah, and, it, and that I didn't know where that came from. If it, it was just good communication to where Ghana was like, oh, I got to chill out. Or if it was just like, Consoni was just like on one. I, that... I don't think you can at that point. That, that's like, the message is not getting transferred. When, you, when you've got your ears pinned back and you're going for that finish line. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was, I was thinking. I was just like, it just looked so smooth as if they were like, hey, this might happen. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's like rehearsed. I mean, we saw it with the girls, a, sim- a similar sort of scenario in that last sort of lap when the, you know, the second rider in the string is struggling and you sort of see Katie Archbold for the GB rider. She was sort of, she did a crazy turn, like three and a half laps for the last turn, but she sort of looks over her shoulder with like one and a half laps to go. And she's like, you better hang on. <laughs> it was that look that got me. Like what they always say, like, you know, keep your head in line, look where you're going, don't look across the track, just like full on turn round. Um, where is everyone? Is everyone there? Can I keep going? Like she has so much more in the tank and Ghana as well in, in, in the Italian squad for the men, just like, he looks so good at the finish there. He just like looks like, like he barely raised sweat. I was like, wow, okay. He's, yeah, he's, going like well. that, he's going well. That's that road strength they have. They can back up these rides so well. Mm. Um, and you contrast that to the Danish who qualified fastest. Um, those boys were on the floor. Like, um, I don't even know what his name is. The Fridge. What was the Fridge's real name? R- Rasmus Pedersen. Uh, their oh, man yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, we call him the fridge because he's got like the biggest CDA, but he's also got a massive box of watts to put out. Uh, <laughs> I like well, he's it. Got I it. like it. He's, yeah, yeah, he, but uh, he's a bigger dude. Like he's just like a boxy dude with just a six pack. Like I mean, he's just yeah, yeah. He's a fun he's little just, story because yeah. he he was a really good rider when he was a junior. You know, he sort of won multiple worlds and juniors, but uh, he just lost the love of the sport. But and he just went off and started playing American football for a few years. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So you obviously, uh, yeah. we do American football outside Europe. I mean, I don't okay. think it's very good, okay. but <laughs> we do it. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's you know big upper body, very very strong rider, and he does um, he does an incredibly long opening turn. It's sort of the 
It's very similar to Alex Porter's role. Um, he does sort of uh, three and a quarter laps, changes, gets back on, and it, that, that's his start. You know, that, that's his job for the race. He, he sits in the line to enable a four-man change for everybody else, but then he, when he gets to the front, it's, it's half a lap. I'm gone. Um, yeah. But I think he, as strong as he is, he, I think he wrecked that race for, for the rest of the Danish. Um, so while they, while they went the fastest, it was, it was one of the worst rides I think I've seen them ever do. Um, just because he went off so, so hot and start. You know uh, the Danes are going to listen to this too. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm glad you're telling us what you really think here, Johnny. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's unlike me to uh, keep it in, but I mean, those boys know, you know, they, they, know, they know the score. Yeah. Um, and as a team, I think they've got so much morale. And I think what will ultimately happen is they'll do the exact same thing in the rounds, but they'll just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look at these splits, like, 20.2 from man three, which is like a 196 maybe from man one yeah. on 126 inches. Like that's silly, crazy. 13.5, 13.3, Like it's, you know, they, they brought it front end. Um, and it's curious. So Nicholas Larson was brought in for um, Julius Johansson. Julius has been a sort of like, they've had the four riders for sort of two years, really. Casper um, von Forsack sort of came in and out, but, um, unfortunately for him, he had a heart. He has a heart condition, so you had to sort of. It was you've got to stop. Um, I mean, that's pretty hard for him, but he's he's one of the sort of the key backroom staff for them them now. Um, so him yeah, and Dan. I was wondering. I was wondering what that was about, but like uh, you can't find any media on those kinds of things. You know? Yeah, he's a pretty private guy, but um, <laughs> he probably won't like me talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, um, well. yeah he's, he's heart condition. He he won multiple Madisons, multiple. Yeah. Team pursuits. He's one of the sort of you know best riders in the team, but um, but it sort of brought in Nicholas Larson, who's been injured basically for two years. Um, so today was his first team pursuit he's done in three years. Like wow, he would have done like closed door events, but is <laughs> wow. Like yeah. I mean, he's it's down- not race day though, is it? It's diff- It's different. Like we're saying, yeah. he's down to do the the Omnium and the Madison as well. So it's obviously a sort of sign of how much faith that squad put in him. Um, but it, they, they've changed the strategy up a little bit because of that. So they've, they've Lassie's gone to three and uh, Nicholas is at two. So it's, it's sort of a bit new. Um, but I think Danish went really, really quick, but they went badly, you know? So it's like the, the Italians, the Italians went fast, but I think they had a good ride. Whereas I think the, the Danish have got a couple of seconds in the bag if they can smooth out that start. Yeah. Italians were the quickest final kilo. Yeah. the third quickest final kilo. I mean, there's not a, not a massive amount in it, about five tenths between the two of them for that last kilo, but again, sort of shows where they're at. And that is that is with Ghana doing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, we, and I don't know, does Ghana, like, is he easing up at all? I mean, you hear that, I heard it over the commentating. Is oh yeah, it's good on Ghana for just kind of sitting up a little bit to let it all come back together. And I was like, uh... <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. It's not like you just backpedal 128 inch gears. Like, all right, guys, we're ready to go. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> no, I think at that point that was, that's all he's got. Um, yeah. And it's Consoni that brought it together. Yeah. But interesting, interesting ride. Um, so they're up against, the Italians are up against New Zealand who qualified third. Um, New Zealand are one of the teams that, I, I was expecting a bit more of them. Um, they've done a lot of 46s now in various conditions and places and times. Um, 
And I think they had one of the smoothest rides of everyone. It's sort of like very much on schedule. They look, it looked easy, you know? Um, I mean, like they also had a man to bail. <laughs> so I say it looked really easy, but that last sort of lap, it's just shows the sort of the, the level of performance that's required. There's no comfort zone. Um, so I'd be curious to see whether they've got any more in the tank for, uh, for tomorrow. Because yeah. that, that's, that's the big ride tomorrow. It's, it's GB versus Denmark for one of the rounds, and then it's Italy versus New Zealand. Um, yeah, and we're not going to skirt around GB, are we? You know, no, no, no. We can talk about GB. And podcast is over. I don't know what the boys will be thinking about that, right? To be honest. Um, 47.5. I think that was very close to sort of what they projected 12 months out, what they needed to do, but it just wasn't fast enough. Um, and I think th- those, those boys have come on so far, at least I should probably say like I was on trial with them. What was it sort of June to November ish time last year. And like when I got there, I was pretty like, what is this it? You know? Um, but the sort of the step up that they've made, to get to this point now is like really, really impressive. Um, and I think they've still got more in the tank, really. Like it's, I think everyone's got more in the tank, but it wasn't the smoothest ride for them. They looked, they looked very dialed, you know, like the line, the changes was very good, but I think, I think they're just missing a little bit of something. You know, I think you can be as dialed as you want. You can have the best kit in the world, but I think Italy have got these superhumans. Denmark have got these superhumans that I think it's uh, GB are missing. Um, which is a shame. And I wonder if they're going to change, do anything funky with strategy and for the next round. Um, Cause sort of Clancy, they, they were, you know, they were right in it until 500 meters to go, but sort of Ed, the man won. He basically does like a holding role in that team. He does a sort of a, a fairly short opening stint, then a sort of one or a half lap turn for a second turn. And his job is basically just to get round, you know, um, Ollie Wood at two, it's sort of a, he does a two and a two lap turn and bails. Um, and I think so that's all it's always been this particular GB squad weakness is, you know, who bails, you know, they, they really struggle in that sort of one and two role of finding the right equation. And they sort of seem to have changed what they were doing at worlds. Cause it was Ollie Wood who was the one that was getting around. Um, so it, it's, I think if, if the stars align, I think those boys can come together and put a great performance in. Um, but I just, I think bronze medal is the best they can hope for tomorrow. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of stick for that. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, it's I mean, new national record. Oh, which, yeah, like, yeah. When you think of the history of team pursuiting in GB, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, you know, they weren't quite up there. But obviously the time is sort of Denmark and Italy are doing, but it's still the quickest any GB squad's ever gone. And three of those guys are pretty young. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, like we've said it before, you know, you learn so much from that qualifying ride. And yeah, they've got a tough ride tomorrow against Denmark, but they've got to ride as, if they can just do their best ride and put themselves in the best possible position, that could be a nice ticket to a bronze medal final, hopefully. Mm. And they've got, they've got Charlie Tanfield set as a, he's the traveling reserve. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the exact rules of what happens for him to be in the ride, but I wonder if they'll put him in. Um, I wonder if you sort of you rest either Ed or you well it's not rest because what if you swap in that traveling reserve I don't think you can use that other rider for the rest of the race um, so maybe 
maybe they put Chazza in, give a little bit more at the back end. Um, who knows? But do they, do they have to call the traveling reserve before the event starts, though? I honestly don't know the exact details. Um, because I, I know you can have like, like obviously Luke Plapp is in a traveling reserve. Like he's a part of, like he's there. He's part of the team, um, and so they can fit him in for Australia. But I wonder if. Like once the event starts, I don't, I don't know if you can pull somebody in off the line. I don't know. Maybe where there's a wheel, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> I, <love> that. <laughs> I guess they'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Charlie's gonna go push someone down the stairs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if this actually happens, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't my idea, Ian. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... so we got predictions. I think before we do predictions, I think we have to talk about the Danish and the, that all of their shin injuries. Oh, I mean, it, I'd love I, to hear what you guys think. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the aero nerd out of, out of this group. So, um, please tell me your opinions. <laughs> I mean, I suppose there's people that haven't seen. So there's a UCI rule where your overshoe has to be no more than halfway up your calf. Basically it's measured between this bone here and that bone there that I definitely can remember the names of. Um, which, you, which, you know, you can even dive into it further with uh, who being one of the, you know, one of the founding teams of, of taking Sharpies and measuring it themselves and going to the line with rulers and Sharpies like right before they're about to race. It's almost like they're not focused on the race anymore as much <laughs> as they just want to talk to the UCI commissaire about like, look, there here it is. Here's the measurements. Boom, done, roasted. Oh, if Dan Bingham's got an argument with the commissaire before you roast, <laughs> there's going to be a PB. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the, the, there's some classic ones of like the commissaires measuring from the wrong bone and you're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, but anyway so the the danish of there's a lot the the calf is one of the most you know it's terrible aerodynamically um so if you can do all sorts of things to sort of trip the air and keep the keep the air flow separated from for longer um from separating for longer you can you can save a lot um in sort of british time trialing at sort of you know, not UCI level. People have like full shin calf guards. Um, but the Danish have found a nice little loophole in the rules um, where there's no rule on using sort of physio tape and where you can put the physio tape and what it is. Um, you know, you, you saw Ghana had a bit, no, not Ghana, Jonathan Plabani, not Palavi, come on. Jonathan Milan had some, you know, kinesia tape on his shoulder up his neck. Um, it's a similar sort of thing, but the, Every, every one of the Danish riders had that on their shins um, and it's, it's an aerodynamic advantage, basically. Uh, is it illegal? No. Is it against the spirit of the rules? No. Um, but the spirit of the rules aren't the rules. Um, and I think sounds got, like Dan Bigham's a part of that team. This, this definitely sounds like Dan Bigham's a part of the team. Um, <laughs> and I think Dan is going to go to the end of the world to argue this. Um, and it, it's very much a, it's a Formula One use of the rule book um the rules are the rules how can we use the rules to maximize our performance um and i think it's perfectly legal for them to use it i'm sure a lot of teams are going to complain about it tonight and it'd be curious to see what the commissaires do for tomorrow um whether it's allowed or not allowed i wouldn't be surprised if there's an urgent press release from the uci banning any use of teletape for (laughs) future events um but at what part because i think chloe's using it on her knee there we go. It, it's how do you enforce this? 
do you need like a medical exemption to have tape? Well, I guess you can only have two riders that have shin injuries. <laughs> <laughs> or, is it, or is that four legs total? So you can have. That. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, one leg a piece. Jeez. Do you go for the left or the right leg though? Like, which is left the bigger leg. advantage there? Is yeah. okay. Good to know. Yeah, down mm-hmm. track. It's um yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, the we're, we're, there's going to be an equipment episode later on where we sort of dig into all this stuff um like a four-part equipment episode that'll be a four-hour event that one yeah but um i mean i know there was some fun discos going on in the italian pens because they've obviously got their new 3d printed Mm -hmm. one piece extensions that someone's messed up the cad file and they're all illegal so last night they had to there was some aggressive dremeling going on (laughs) oh man there's a nice picture of uh the, they're, they're using toilet roll to sort of they, they're gluing the arm pad on to try and squish it down even further and they've like put toilet roll and taped it onto the arm pad and it just yeah it's funny <laughs> i love yes, it uh, there was a guy who did that uh at nationals this year he got some custom extensions made and uh he was he put expandable foam in the arm pad so when it when it expanded it hardened so like it wouldn't like it wouldn't compress or whatever mm-hmm. And then, so he's like, I mean, I, I would think he's just ruined, you know, what his thousand dollar extensions or whatever he, the hell they were. And he went to go get it because it was the 10 degree thing. Right. And, uh, when he, when he spent hours, I mean, I think he came there at 8am. We probably didn't roll pursuit until like 1pm. And he only went there to be the guy who's like, Oh, I just want to check to make sure my bike's okay. It's probably fine. You know, you know, do that, check, make sure, go back, hotel, sleep, whatever <laughs> goes up. And they they just look at the bike and they're like, no, that's a it's an illegal modification. It's not you know part of the bar. You're adding to it, so no, it's not gonna work. <laughs> it's yeah. just like he spent like six <laughs> hours trying to get that to work, the foam to dry. He's shaving it off, dremeling things, cutting off extensions. Yeah, it was a mess. It's an interesting one, and I think it's um, this isn't a wash shop advertisement, but obviously we've had years of having this exact problem that Italians are having, and it's the downside of that last minute upgrade package where it's not been raced. You've not gone, gone through these experiences. Um, if you talk to all mechanics, they want to have as much stress as they can at home. So that way they have a, a nice cruisy race. Um, yeah. and I know with the, one of the big requests I had with the new watch shop extensions was I want to be able to fit a new hand grip in. So part of the reason of the new hand grips is that it's, you can personalize your hand grip, but I know the Danish, they literally have four different sizes of hand grips. So then when they get to the jig and they will put the, the right size hand grip, grip in for that particular jig. Um, and it's just, it's sort of stress, low stress for the mechanic. You just two screws out, you go pop it in off your way. Um, awesome. but it's, yeah, it's don't, don't bring your last minute kit to the last minute race because you have to dremel it away. Yeah. That's the one yeah. I say on that. Um, but yeah, so I suppose that, that that's kind of it really, isn't it? That's team pursuit. What hard. Yeah. I feel very bad for the team sprint. Like we're going to, I feel like we just spent uh, close to an, about an hour and a half chatting about team pursuit and about four minutes talking about the team sprint. But, I mean, we're going to have more team sprint focused episodes. We'll try and f- we'll, we'll dig out some team pursuit experts from, sorry, team sprint experts from somewhere. And we'll, get them, <laughs> yeah. we'll get them to unload words on the podcast. Um, oh, man. Unload words. <laughs> well, that's what this is isn't it <laughs> oh yeah but yeah well, alright guys 
Perfect. Thank you ever so much for coming on, Joe. Um, great to have I've you. enjoyed it. I enjoy a bit of enjoy a bit of team pursuit chat. I've missed it for the last sort of five years. So um, yeah, enjoying speaking to other people with the sort of same level of um, geekiness, really, or even higher level of geekiness. What am I saying? Sorry, obviously. I was about to say, you yeah, guys. he's got like 10 spreadsheets over there that he's just pulling through right now. I'm actually done <laughs> for this. Well, because I, I was, I was, I was like watching it, like scribbling down like 20 different things to say, but there's, there's a lot of stuff left, but we'll, we'll yeah. leave it. We don't want to give away all the gains. <laughs> <laughs> cool guys. Well, until next time. Peace. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye.